Good morning. Hope you're all okay. It's lovely to be able to share with you today. It's lovely to be able to share with those of you who are listening online as well. Thank you for joining us there. And many of you may know already, but this last week has been Mental Health Awareness Week. And it's actually 21 years since they started Mental Health Awareness Week. And I just want to encourage you this morning in relation to that a little bit. You know, we can often have one negative thought, one rude or unkind action, something bad or sad can happen. And from that one thing, from that one thought, from that one occurrence, from that one circumstance, it can cause a downward spiral and a breaking cycle as well in our lives. So, you know, one is a really powerful thing. You know, we can often feel trapped and frozen and therefore got no enjoyment of life because of circumstances and things that happen and then how they affect us and how we go on to behave and respond to, respond to them. But I believe that there is something different that we can add in. I believe that the power of one is really powerful. It's powerful in a negative way but I believe it can be really powerful in a positive way. It can also change our lives for the good. One word of encouragement, one act of kindness, one act of justice, one friend or person saying that they love you or that you look nice, one person standing up for you when other people are knocking you down, one positive report, one positive test result can actually change your day and change your outlook on life. So just as one negative or one bad thing can cause a downward spiral, so one positive thing can also cause us to have a better day, to feel happier, to then go on and be kinder to someone else and share that joy. One is a really powerful thing. And I want to read you this quote by Irish Chang and it says this please believe in the power of one one person can make an enormous difference in the world one person actually one idea can start a war or end one or subvert an entire power structure one discovery can cure a disease or spawn new technology to benefit or annihilate the human race you as one individual can change millions of lives. Think big. Do not limit your vision and do not ever compromise your dreams or ideas. You have the power of one within you to change the world to change your world, to change your circumstances, to change how you feel and how things are happening for you. You can change your day or you can change someone else's day for the better and for the worse sometimes. But which one are you going to be looking out for? Which one are you going to be paying attention to? Which one are you going to be trying to pass on to others, positive or negative? We have to ask ourselves that every single day. Is the power of one within me going to have a positive impact or a negative impact? And I believe most of us want to have a positive impact that easy. It can be difficult. And in light of it being Mental Health Awareness Week here in the UK, I want to look at a few things that we face, a few fears that we face, and how the power of one can help us to overcome them. You know... 
When we feel overwhelmed and we feel crushed and broken, sometimes it can be really difficult to break that cycle. But as a Christian, I believe that there's something even better than positive thinking. Adding God in, me plus God, isn't just the power of one, but it adds a miraculous element to it. It brings something new and different. It changes the answer. It dispels the fear. Me plus God is a majority every single time. So if you don't know God today, if you're listening online or you're in the building and you're not really sure what you think, about God, then this morning all I can say to you from my personal experience is when I add God into the equation of my life, it changes it for the better and for the good. So I want to encourage you this morning to consider, God, can you do that for me too? God, if I allow you into my life, will you help change it for the better? Does it mean everything will be perfect? Far from it. Does it mean there'll never be any negative aspects? Far from it. But what it means is that when God comes in, it brings that miracle. It brings that different answer to the one that we've seen before. And it brings an overcoming to fear. You know, and personally, I have those moments where I get it completely where God is just evident so much and in my life so much and I feel like I'm overcoming so much. But then if I'm honest, I have those moments and I'm broken and I'm fearful and nothing anybody says can break me out of that cycle I find myself going down where fear grips me and takes hold of me. But I know that when, when I allow God back into that, he brings change. He brings the miraculous. So I want to say to you this morning through this message, the last thing I want to do is condemn you if you struggle with fear. I struggle with it myself, sometimes on a daily basis. Sometimes it can overpower me to the extent that I think I can't cope anymore. I can't go on like this anymore. And yet God again and again comes and sets me free and builds me up and reminds me of who he is. And when he's a part of it, then it completely changes the outcome. So I want to encourage you today that today is the day where we can break the power of fear over our lives. So the first fear that I want us to look at this morning is the fear of others. Anyone else got that going on? It's just me. So what do they think? What do they think about what I've got on? How many times did you get changed this morning before you came? (laughs) What do they think about how I look? What do they think about how I behave? What do they think? Do do they like me? Don't they like me? Are they really my friends? What do people think of me? And how many of us fear what other people think? And it has such a grip and a hold of us. The other thing that I think we can fear with others is what can they do to me? Are they going to cause me some damage? I'll be honest, when I go and walk the dog and Paul doesn't come, there's only certain places I will go and walk the dog. Because I'll be honest, I'm like, I'm not walking the dog there on myself. I'm not walking down that secluded path with the dog on myself. The dog would lick the person to death who was trying to do something awful to me. If it was another dog mind, she would do something else, but that's another matter. But we fear others. Sometimes we even fear the intimacy with others. We push people away. We won't hold them close because we fear that level of intimacy where they can come close and know the real us. And yet God wants to break these these fears over our lives. 
You know, fear can come like a fire and be all-consuming in our lives. But I believe that there is another in the fire who can transform and change that situation. I want to read to you an account from the Old Testament where Nebuchadnezzar makes a statue and he tells everyone in the land to bow down to it. And some people go up to him and tell a tale and say, these Jewish people aren't bowing down to your statue. And we join the account where Nebuchadnezzar confronts them. Bear with me, it's a little bit long, but I think it's worth it. Worth it. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answer the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to answer you on this point. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. He will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, even if he does not, we're going to come back to that. Let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and his facial expression changed towards Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Then he gave a command that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. He commanded certain strong men in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and to throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these three men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their turbans and their clothes and were thrown into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. Because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was extremely hot, the flame of the fire killed the men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, <laughs> fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king looked up and was astounded, and he jumped up and said to his counsellors, Did we not throw three men who were tied up into the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, Certainly, O king. He answered, Look, I see four men untied walking around in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the Son of God's. When you add God into the equation, when fear comes like a fire and consumes you and you invite God to stand with you, he unties you, he breaks your bonds and he allows you to walk around in that place so it has no grip on you and no hold on you. Then Nebuchadnezzar approached the door of the blazing furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out of there, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. The satraps, the prefects and the governors of the king's counsellors gathered around them and saw that in regard to these men, the fire had no effect on their bodies. Their hair was not singed. Their clothes were not scorched or damaged. Even the smell of smoke was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants who believed in, trusted in and relied on him. They violated the king's command and surrendered their bodies rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation or language that speaks anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego go shall be cut into pieces and their houses be made into a heap of rubbish for there is no other god who is able to save in this way then the king called Shadrach Meshach and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon you know you're not alone in your fire you're not alone in your fears 
You need to be reminded that God is with you every step of the way. And fear wants to come and isolate you and put you away from people and not talk and not share. And yet God wants to stand with you in the midst of fear. Sometimes we can think, oh, I won't say anything because I shouldn't be fearful. As as a Christian, I shouldn't feel like this. But God wants to stand with you in the midst of your fear. He wants to be invited into the center of your fear to stand with you, to remind you that you are not alone, to remind you that a united belief is stronger than any fear or threat that can come at you. So you can stand up and believe when peer pressure comes against you. You can share your faith when you feel afraid that you're not sure whether you want to. You can speak out against injustices because God says he will be with you and not leave you. You know, God calls us to confront our fears. You know, the fear of what people think of us. You know, very often what we think they think is not actually their reality of thought. But it's just what we think they think. Oh, they think this about me. Well, how do you know that? I don't know. I can tell by the way they look at me. What does that even mean? I can tell by the way they look at me. We don't know what's going on behind somebody else's eyes. Now, they may be thinking whatever they are thinking that you think they are thinking, but they may not be thinking what you think they're thinking, and you're wasting your time wondering what they're thinking about what you think. And I've just confused myself completely now, but you know what I mean. We spend so much time worrying about what other people think. Silence is the biggest killer It's the biggest killer. Talk to people. Ask them. If you think your friend's not friends with you, then talk to them. If you think there's a problem in your marriage, then have a... And that one made a miraculous difference to the lives of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And if we believe that the God we serve is the same God yesterday, today and tomorrow, then I believe that God can make a miraculous difference to yours and my life too. And the thing I love about this account is we get some bonus material as well. Because it says in verse 18, but even if he does not. No one really likes that sentence, do they? Let's be honest. Because we all want to believe that we are going to be Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, unburnt, nothing touching us, not even smelling a smoke. But they knew even if God does not, then we are still going to stand up and believe with him. You know, even if God does not heal me, even if God does not help in this situation, even if God does not save me, even if God does not restore me, even if God does not provide for me, am I still willing to believe that God is the God who guards my life? Even when I die, even when everything comes against me, even when everything goes wrong, am I still going to believe it? Am I still going to trust that my place is in God's hands? Even when the test results are bad, even when somebody's passed away, even when everything seems to be going wrong and my world's falling apart, do I still believe that my life is in God's hands? Do I still believe? Am I still going to be devoted to him unto my death? I won't turn from him. But so often, we don't like that sentence. We don't like that thought that even if he does not, 
But we have to trust that God knows the beginning and the end, that God knows the best course, and through the best and through the worst of times, that we trust him, that we are in his hands, that we are safe in his keeping, and he is working all of those things for good. Are we overpowered by fear or by who God is and his call upon our lives? Let me say it again. Are we overpowered by fear or by who God is and his call upon our lives? I want to read a quote to you from Christine Kane. And she's talking about when she'd gone, she'd gone to um, just outside of China and some Chinese leaders had come out of China and were being, they were having a time of ministry and a time of encouragement before they went back to China and continued with their underground church. And this is what she says as she um, recounts the situation. I remember they said to me, Christine, would you come and help us to train our young people? We don't understand anything about leadership. We don't understand about Western leadership methods. Could you help us? All we know how to do is pray. All we know how to do is believe God. That's how we had revival in China when we're not allowed to carry the word of God. The only leadership training we give our people is we teach them how to witness to their executioner on their way to be executed. Let me ask you again. Are we overpowered by fear or by who God is in his call upon our lives? The second fear that I want to look at this morning with you is the fear of what if. Paul's sitting there laughing because he knows all of these are big, big, biggies for me. So we'll have a fight with them up here and then I'm sure we'll have a great week next week. The fear of what if. Does this explain the week we've just had, love? How will life affect me? What if? What if worst case scenario? What if my arms fall off? What if this awful thing happens? What if everything goes wrong? What if? What if? What if? What if? And he paralyzes us. Do you know 85% of what we worry about never happens? 85%. That means only 15% of what you worry about happens. And let's be honest, we're all sitting here and we're all pretty much all right. So it can't really be that bad. But we fear the what if. What if? What if? And it's like a rocking chair. Worry doesn't make it go away. Sitting and rocking and worrying about illness doesn't make it go away. Sitting and rocking and worrying about um, whether your job's going to be okay doesn't make it go away. Sitting and rocking and worrying about your financial situation doesn't make it go away. Sitting and worrying about death doesn't make it go away. That fear of what if, what may happen... Corey Ten Boone says this, worry is a cycle of inefficient thoughts whirling around the center of fear. You know, there's an account in the New Testament which comes out of Jesus feeding the 5,000. So just imagine, Jesus and the disciples have just fed the 5,000. What a miracle. And then, The disciples get into a boat 
Jesus goes up the mountain and this is what happens. Matthew 14, 22 to 33 in the Amplified. Immediately, he directed the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he sent the crowds away. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up onto the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was already a long way across from distance from the land, tossed and battered by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear, but immediately he spoke to them saying, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Peter replied to him, Lord, if it is really you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. It was when he saw the effects of the wind, how something is affecting something, and then we begin to worry, and it brings this cycle of what if. The effects of illness, the effects of financial difficulties, the effects of difficulties in relationships, and we begin to worry and go down this cycle of what if. And it continues. When he saw the effects of the winds, he was frightened and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, immediately, Jesus extended his hand and caught him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him with awe-inspired reverence, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. You know, I love the point in verse 31 where it says, immediately, Peter cried out to Jesus. Peter was afraid. Peter was worried about the what if. And he cried out to Jesus. How often is crying out to Jesus the last resort? How often is going to Jesus in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the water, the last thing that we do? But there's another in the water. You're not there alone. There's another when those fears of what if come and that other is Jesus and immediately he will be there. Now, if you notice, the wind and the waves don't stop at that point. The wind and the waves don't stop until they get back into the boat. You know, and sometimes we think, well, God's not with me because it's still all raging around me. God's not with me because everything's still going on. Have you seen the waves crashing? Have you seen what's happening in my life? God can't be with me. But if you cry out to Jesus, the Bible tells us without a shadow of a doubt that immediately he will be there with you. Immediately he will hold your hand in the midst of your fear. There is another in the water who wants to bring you to a place of confidence and reassurance. There is another in the water who wants you to know that you are not going to sink that you are not going to drown, but that with him you can stand on and withstand all things. You know, Jesus says to Peter, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And we all look at that and go, Peter, 
You've little faith, Peter. Peter, you've just done it again. You silly man. You've just got so little faith. I'll just pretend I've got lots. Let's remember the rest of the disciples are still in the boat. Yeah? The rest of the disciples are still in the boat. Let's remember Peter did walk on the water. You know, sometimes in the midst of the miracle, we can suddenly have doubt and fear. But when we call on Jesus, he completes the miracle in our life. And you know, I seem to remember elsewhere in the Bible that it says faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. So I'm having some little faith every day. I'd be happy if Jesus said to me, oh, Sarah, you a little faith. I'd be like, yes, God, I've got some new. I'll have a little faith any day. Come on, mountain, get out of my way. And yet so often we look at it and we think, oh, Peter, oh, Peter. Well, come on. Who wants a mustard seed? Who wants that little faith? Because their mountains are moving out of your way. Their mountains are bowing down to you when you stand on that water and believe that he is with you, that he is bringing the miraculous into your life and he can transform and change it beyond recognition. The third fear I want to talk to you about is fear of the future. And it's, you know, sounds maybe similar to the what if, but I think it can be quite specific. I'm never going to be good enough. It's never going to work out. My dreams are never going to come true. You know, you may be the prophet of doom for your own life and for everyone around you. You know, if people want some negativity, maybe you're the one that they come to. Because we have so much fear of what the future may hold, so much negativity. And maybe some of that is based on what our past has been, on how it has brought us so far, and so we can't see anything different. We can't see that we can break through because it's always been so hard before. We can't see that the relationship can change because that's how it's always been. We can't see a financial breakthrough because we've always struggled. We can't see that we're going to have healing because I've always walked with this illness and it won't leave me alone. We can't see those things because we feel battered by how the past has brought us to the present that we have no hope for the future and yet when we add Jesus into the equation the power of one brings something new and something fresh into our lives and you know the bible gets it so often as Christians we think oh I've got to have it all together I've got I'll just pretend everything's okay everything's all right with me I don't struggle with anything I don't worry about the future I'll just pretend my past didn't happen and I'll just keep going well, the Bible gets it. Romans 3, 23 to 24 in the message says this. Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, anyone else? Both us and them, and prove that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us. God did it for us so when you say I can't do it you don't know my past you don't know my struggles you don't know how fear and anxiety weigh on me you don't know how my relationships make it difficult God did it for us but you don't know what it's like you don't know how hard it is you don't know how much I suffer God 
did it for us. Because God knows we can't. Because God knows we fail. Because God knows we fear. Because God knows we struggle. God did it for us out of sheer generosity. Just take a minute. That God would love each and every one of us that much that he would do it for us out of sheer generosity. What a God. What a Father. What a King of kings and Lord of lords that he would send his only son for me and for you so that we could be set free from everything. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself. A pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he's always wanted us to be. And he did it by the means of Jesus Christ. The power of one. The power of one on that cross. The power of one that set us free from our sins. The power of one that set us free from everything that we had lived under. The power of one that brings forgiveness of sin and eternal life, that breaks every chain, that stops all fear. And do you know why? Because love wins. Love wins every time. Love wins over fear and anxiety. Love wins. That cross was an act of love. It was God saying, I love you. I love you bigger and more than you think. I love you bigger and more than anything and anyone in this world. I love you. Love wins. So when fear comes knocking on your door, let God's love win. When anxiety comes and plagues you, let God's love win. 1 John 4, 18. Perfect love casts out all fear. Let love in and give it authority in your life. Because when fear has had a grip on you, where fear has held you in chains, then love wants to come in, regain authority in your life and say to fear, no, 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 no more. No more. Love wins. 2 Timothy 1, 7. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of self-control. If God did not give us that spirit of fear, then he wants to give us something else. And it's our choice today whether we say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and bring something new and fresh into my life. No longer do I want fear to have a grip on me. No longer do I want to be held on it. But I want to know and see Jesus in his resurrection fullness. I want to be overcome by his love, by his power. And I want to have a sound mind where fear wants to come in, that I can say, no, 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 no more, because love wins. The power of one death brought abundant life, eternal life for us all. You know, and if you don't know it today, today's the moment, because Jesus wants to rescue you 
from an endless eternity without him and bring you into his family. If you don't know Jesus today, today is your moment to say, I want to know Jesus. If you're watching online, you can click the button and someone will get in touch with you. If you're in the building, you want someone to talk to you, you have to come and speak to someone with a lanyard on. Don't leave this place. Don't leave this online meeting today without saying, I want to know this Jesus who can change my life. I want to know this Jesus who can cast all fear out of me. Does it mean everything's perfect? Far from it. But with one more, with that power of one, there is something more and something new and something fresh. The power of one death brought abundant life for us all. The power of one suffering brought healing through his blood. And this morning, if you're thinking, but you don't know what's going on. You don't know what my mental health's like. You don't know what my physical health's like. This morning, I believe that God wants to heal you. This morning, I believe that he wants to set you free physically and mentally. And we're going to pray in a minute. The power of one resurrection brought resurrection power to us all. God wants to breathe new life into each and every one of us this morning. That we would be changed beyond recognition. That we would be free from everything that is bound us. Because love wins. You know, if you're fearing your future, he is our future. He holds our future in his hands. Enjoy life. Don't fear it. Be reminded that we've been set free from the power of sin and death. Be reminded that there is joy and grace from our difficult circumstances. Be reminded that nothing now stands between us and God. Jesus has made a way and the whole of heaven is cheering you on. Keep going, keep believing, keep standing against it. Keep believing that God is going to set you free. Where fear has held you, the power of his presence, I believe, can bring freedom and set you free from your prison. We're going to sing a song now. We're going to sing another in the fire. And as we do, I want to encourage you to do three things. I want to encourage you to invite Jesus in. You're not alone in your fire. When you invite him in, miracles happen. I want to encourage you to let the power of one change your day or your difficulty. And I want to encourage you to let perfect love cast out all fear. If you're in the building, if you want to stand to your feet. You know, I really believe that God wants to do a deep work in this song. I really believe that God wants to come by his spirit and bring healing. I really believe that God wants to come by his spirit and break chains of oppression and fear over your lives. And we can't minister like we perhaps would on another Sunday. But you know what? You don't need someone to lay hands on you and pray over you to God to do a deep work in you. So this morning, if it's you, I'm going to pray now. And then Dave and the guys are going to sing. And as I pray, I just want you, if, if one of those things I've talked about, if something has touched you deeply and you think, that's me. That's me. God wants to do a work. God wants to bring healing. God wants to set you free. So just raise your hands now. And let's believe that God is going to break us free. That the spirit of fear has no hold in this place. Has no hold in our lives. But love wins. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. 
Jesus, we thank you for the cross. What a sacrifice. What an amazing thing that the power of one can transform and change the destiny of this world. So Jesus, we stand in your presence. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. Come and minister. Come and touch people's lives. Touch lives at home, those listening online. Jesus, we believe for healing. That healing power that you brought on the cross. We believe that you will break chains this morning. Holy Spirit, come. Do a deep and a lasting work. May your amazing love fill us. Fill us afresh. Jesus, flood us with your love. Come with your love Holy Spirit that it would cast out all fear perfect love come and fill us do a deep work Jesus we pray break every chain break those fears that have held us God I believe that you want to set people free and we declare it over lives this morning freedom and victory freedom and victory over lives this morning in Jesus name in Jesus name Amen.